let's play a game. Hello again and welcome to yet another edition of Is It Worth It? Now, if this is the first time you've listened to the show, I'm an offshoot of the RPG podcast you would normally listen to on this feed, but I don't always talk about RPGs. I talk about rare and or valuable games, a lot of the time both, that I own myself. I'll play them and tell you whether or not I feel it's worth it for its current price. Hi, I'm your host, Blaine J, and today I'm going to be talking about a game very near and dear to my heart, EVO, which I believe stands for evolution because that's a big big part of this game now this was released by or published by enix here in the uh, united states in 1992 and i rented it right around that time period i was you know 12 13 14 somewhere in that era area rather and at this point in time i still uh, attended church um it may be controversial to some of you listening to this i don't know um i uh, i'm no longer religious i was when i was growing up I've since uh, become an atheist. Um, that's just where I am. If if pressed, my religion is just you know be good to each other, help each other out. You know, don't be a douchebag. I mean, it's it's pretty easy to be a good person. Just uh, live you know more or less by the golden rule, and uh, you're good. You know. Uh, now, part of but not, I, I don't even really want to say part of. But when I was a kid and I rented this game, I was ridiculed by some of the kids that I. Uh, you know, were friends with through church uh, when I tried to discuss it with them because this game does kind of focus on evolution a little bit, uh, kind of hilariously. Like, it doesn't follow true evolution in any form or fashion, but um, whatever. I, I don't want to get too heavy on a podcast about, you know, my religious views, and I certainly don't want to be down on anyone else's religious views. Whatever you believe in, you know, that's what you believe in, and that's great, you know. Whatever helps you to be a better person, I'm all for. You know, religion I, as an overall thing, I believe is great. It just doesn't fit me. Please do not write me and say that I'm uh, going to be going to hell. Uh, things like that don't, one, they, they don't really affect me. It'd be like me threatening you by saying, you know, well, if you don't believe in He-Man, you're going to go to, you know, Skeletor's castle and be tortured by Lilith or you know and that just came off the top of my head but it's ridiculous I don't believe in this stuff you telling me I'm going to a place I don't believe in doesn't frighten me in any way so please leave that alone I've heard that my whole life or not my whole life but my entirety of my adult life by you know friends of mine that are Christian and whatnot you know oh Blaine you need to find God instead no just just stop it with that you know uh, this is a, a podcast about retro video games, uh, and uh, I just want to talk about that. I'm sorry I got into it, uh, but because of the ridicule I received as a kid of this game, I just felt I had to mention that briefly. Um, anyway, uh, the game's, you know, like I said, it's about evolution in parts. It's, a lot of people uh, say that this is a um, like an action RPG platformer, and I would almost take out the platformer part of it. Because whereas it looks like a platformer on the surface, there's really not much platforming. Um, it's usually just left to right. There are some areas very briefly in the game, in the Ice Age levels, where you have to jump block to block, but it's it's uh, really, really minute. This is really just more of an action RPG. And 
when I was a kid, I freaking loved this game. The whole premise is there's this chick, Gaia, who is the embodiment of Mother Earth, I guess, that um, falls in love with this uh, creature that's living on her, you, which is kind of weird. It'd be like you or I falling in love with, you know, some microbial uh, thing in our eyebrow, one of those worms that are only found in, like, the, the human eyebrow. Yeah, look it up. It's terrifying. Um, or, or some such, some bacteria between your toes, but whatever, that's what this Gaia chick did. And she tells you, Hey, I'm in love with you, but in order to be with me, you have to survival of the fittest style last throughout the ages and evolve into something worthy of being with me or something to that effect. So right away, yeah, the storyline, not exactly the best, but it's, it's there and it's really the gameplay and the music that get this game, uh, by I say that, but this game it does have like, you know, and I, I think I got in this before when it came to uh, the very first game I ever reviewed, Zombie Nation. Um, you get into these like stun locks with enemies because unlike a lot of games where when you get hit you'll have a few seconds of invulnerability, this game doesn't allow for that. So you can get hit by an enemy and just continuously be hit by that enemy until you die, and that really sucks. You can. Uh, use the, this method, and I haven't even discussed the evolution part of this game yet, but um, you can evolve when you fight enemies, you know, you kill enemies, they drop uh, meat, which is kind of hilarious, it pops out fully cooked, these giant haunches of meat, you know, think uh, like Castlevania style or, you know, whatever, it's just this big, you know, fully cooked piece of meat, and no, no entrails or uh, blood and gore whatsoever, you know, and you eat that and you regain some of your health. And uh, you also get these things called EVO points, which are effectively experience points. And you can spend these points to um, level up different parts of your body. Like uh, you can evolve, say, a horn or uh, in the beginning, dorsal fins or a tail or uh, your bite, your jaws, you know, stuff like this to make you stronger in different areas. And oddly, you would think that you could spend the maximum amount and get the highest upgrade on each one and you would have the baddest ass evolution or whatever and that's just not true um you you can kind of play around discover these special evolutions that if you do just the right things and you know follow a guide for this obviously because it takes a while to get these points um to evolve into very specialized animals like in the, this first area you can evolve into a stingray or an eel or i believe a shark uh or a dolphin i can't remember uh, a number of things and each level has a lot of things like that that you can evolve into so pretty cool anyway the tip i was going to give is if you uh save a bunch of like cheese your way because you can uh go back to any level at any time you know it has an overhead map a la think um like super mario world or super mario 3 where you can like see all the different areas that you can go to in each given level and there are five different stages uh oh overall stages like the first one takes place in the era in which you know all life is in the sea you know like billion years ago or whatever um anyway uh you can keep going back to like these same levels which are kind of um not a level in the way that you would think of a level again that's where the platforming goes right out the window because it's not so much a level as it is like a single screen sometimes it extends out a bit but more or less it's a single screen with some enemies in it. Sometimes these enemies are interactive and will say a few things. 
whatever. And you can just kill them over and over and max, you know, get as many evolution points as you want or progress in the storyline if you feel you're strong enough. But you get enough evolution points to where you can evolve or devolve one of your parts. And every time you evolve or devolve, you regain all of your hit points. So you can effectively use that as a way to um, kind of cheese your way through some of the harder bosses or enemies that might stun lock you. Because you can use this as a means of like healing yourself. Um, there are also these crystals that you can find throughout the game. Um, gosh, there's like... One that'll give you, like, I think it's the green ones, give you evolution tips. They'll, like, maybe hint at certain things that you can unlock within that level or whatever. Or sometimes it's stuff that's really cryptic or doesn't really help you at all. But whatever. Um, there are some that are neat that will cause you to instantly evolve into a, typically a much powerful form than the one that you, uh, are currently like you can uh, find one in this first stage that will randomly evolve you into like a stingray or an eel and uh, it, it kind of shows you without telling you outright that there may be uh, hidden things that you can transform into There are also um, yellow, yeah, I think yellow crystals that you can grab that will uh, enable you to look at the past evolutions that you have saved. I think you can save up to 50 evolutions. Um, and this is important-ish because like when you get to a new level, like level two, say, it'll start you back out as like your just weakest, little shittiest form of that era, you know, and um, you can find one of these crystals and turn back to uh, a previous form, like in the second level where you get onto the land, you can change back into the badass fish that you were at the end or whatever, uh, although they will slap a couple of legs on you because you know, you're on land now. Um, so that's neat. And then there's also uh, purple and red, I think, crystals that will just give you like a shit ton of EVO points. Typically, this is enough for you to uh, like level up your character uh, in one major thing or that or like a couple of things or whatever. Anyway, uh, you spend this first level just for the most part going from left to right, um, navigating, not really navigating, but getting past these like certain enemies. The first ones that you fight uh, or see will be like these floating around uh, jellyfish and then you've got some plankton on the ground and you just want to be as... Uh, Eurifagos as fuck and just eat the shit out of everything you see. You're just biting and eating everything you see because that's really all you want to do out of life in this game is just continuously being this complete glutton and just swallowing the world whole and um, ev evolving as you go. Now, as I said, you can like evolve your tail to become like much faster or uh, sleeker. You can evolve your body to be bigger so you'll have more hit points. Uh, you can evolve a horn, which is particularly good in this level. And then I believe it's the third level. Gosh, now I can't remember. Um, where you can fly because basically underwater is the same as flying. You can attack enemies from uh, any direction on, the, on those fronts. So 
if you have a horn, you can do like this dash attack where you'll double tap a direction and your character will like go madly into that direction. And if you have a uh, attack type horn, like say a swordfish nose or whatever, you can deal uh, a lot more damage that way. And uh, in so doing, you have a chance of breaking the horn. It's pretty minute, but it does happen. And you can just regrow one with some evolution points. Now, there is another horn in this beginning area that I really enjoy. It's like the angler horn. Like if you've seen an angler fish, um, it lets off like a phosphorescent light and um, it draws all the other fish to you or like jellyfish or whatever, lesser fish, like moths to a flame. So instead of having to run after them and go eat them, they just kind of like blindly walk into your gaping maw and you just swallow them all up and, you know, get all the evolution points. So that, that's pretty cool. It made, made the game a little... Uh, little cheesy easy in the beginning there but it does get more difficult as you progress now the very end of the first level i call it level because there's you know it's like uh the underwater level or whatever the billion years ago level but there are several smaller levels that encompass the whole thing obviously but at the very end of that there is a uh, hammer not a hammerhead I, I think it's a great white shark actually but it's massive it's huge um that you have to defeat and you kind of get an inkling of a storyline that there is something that is evolving certain creatures in ways that aren't natural right so you beat it and you get a bunch of evolution points and like these hilariously huge pieces of meat now what's funny about getting all these evolution points uh off of the shark and and most bosses throughout the game unless they're like a mid boss is you beat them but then you go to the next level so you're unable to use the massive amount of points that you just got off defeating a boss to you know evolve because you they start you back out on each new era or level or whatever you want to call them as the weakest version that you could possibly be in that level with no evolution points so you you're basically each time you get to a new level you're having to start the game all over again in a sense um and that's what happens here you get the meat off the shark and then Gaia shows up and uh, tells you that a new era is beginning and that some of the creatures from the sea are um, now walking upon land because the plankton in the ocean has created this new element called oxygen that enables life on the surface now. Um, I guess it's not a new element in that, you know, oxygen exists in water or whatever, but anyway, uh, at one point you do hear two plants talking in the sea level they're conspiring to make oxygen so that life on land can be possible but it's alluded that they're being uh oppressed or repressed oppressed by the um the sharks who are uh actually you find out being manipulated through these crystals which it's part of a really wonky storyline i'll go ahead and spoil uh basically what's going on here is there's this alien named Beeble, Beeblebox, I think, and he's wanting to take over Earth in this very weird way where he's going to cause all the creatures to evolve in a way that suits his needs. As I said, the storyline on this game, not the best. We're not really playing it for that. There are numerous, like, little funny things that happen throughout the game, uh, but this, this is not a masterpiece of writing like a Final Fantasy III or, or something like that this is the story is there but it's largely forgettable um anyway you do evolve into this little lizard-like creature which more or less looks like the fish that you started out as only now you have four legs um 
you can uh, no longer move like you did where you know you obviously don't fly so now you're landlocked but again it doesn't really matter because there's really no platforming to speak of um you're going to want to save up and get evolution points pretty quick on this because very early in um the second stage you fight this little mini boss and you're treated to like this scene um where there's uh this guy this insect that i think he's an insect God, what, i think he is like a lot of this world is uh insects like insects and lizards and you know very primitive life anyway he uh sacrifices himself when he realizes he can't defeat the the boss he sacrifices himself to you he says please eat me and grow stronger which is you know uh, it, it reminds me of the scene from uh illusion of gaia where um everyone's arguing over food and uh this pig jumps into uh a fire and sacrifices himself and says please i can't have you all be starving and sacrifices himself but then everyone after eating the pig they're like well what are we going to eat tomorrow you know um anyway i digress um it's pretty cool you fight this little mid boss or whatever and it's one of the few bosses in the game where you actually get to keep the uh, meat that he provides and you progress through the game you know nothing really of note you know i mean i can sit there and tell you a little area by area but it's pretty boring so you just continue on evolving as you go um you do have a new mechanic in that you know you now have legs you can kick and you can uh use this to kind of stun lock enemies you can also jump on enemies um to deal damage but if you jump on a singleton enemy and then jump on that enemy again like bounce off of it and then you know you get thrown back up in the air uh a la mario or whatever you can then try and land on it again but if you do it won't hit it a second time and you'll just like land in the center of its hitbox and it'll do that stun mocking that i would mentioned before so jumping is more used to just uh stay away from enemies than anything else but the end boss on this level are uh these very giant queen and king bees and they're pretty tough they'll uh shoot like stingers at you and then dive bomb excuse me i have terrible allergies today really all week it's uh where i live at in, in america um we have certain weeks of the year where it's just impossible to even see <laughs> from the level of pollen like you'll go out you know you'll wash your car one day and then you'll come out to work the next morning and your car will be a dingy yellow and it'll have a half inch of pollen dust all over it and that's pretty much where i'm at right now so uh, despite having taken several allergy pills nasal cord etc uh, i am still just so congested and gross right now so i apologize you might hear me snorting here and there but anyway um there's these two queen and king bees they have these dive bomb attacks and, and sting and it gives you when they dive bomb it gives you an opportunity to kind of jump out of the way bite them one time and then kind of dash back and forth to miss the stings it's it's pretty tedious but you will get through it and uh, kind of cutely um instead of dropping meat they drop these delicious uh gigantic honeycombs which i thought was a pretty neat touch so this next stage is uh it's pretty cool um you get to evolve into dinosaurs so you can decide you know whether or not you want to be two or four-legged um you can build like a kind of like a more armored stegosaurus build or like a raptor type build or a brontosaurus type build whatever you want to do here it's pretty cool um everyone loves dinosaurs right 
And I mean, it's, it's really just more of the same. There's a mid boss that's a frog that shoots out frogs, if I remember right. And then, <clears throat> you know, you just proceed as planned. You just go through doing the whole kill everything that you can kill to, and do it over and over and over and over. A lot of grinding in this game to be able to evolve to a, uh, a higher level of a dinosaur there and proceed. Now there is one point that is really cool in this section. Um, if I haven't already mentioned it, I don't know if I have anyway, where you, um, you can save this little triceratops kid and in so doing, um, he tells you that there's this mountain, which is completely optional that you can go to. And he tells you, you know, if you jump off, something cool will happen. I don't remember how he words it, but that's basically the gist of it. And, uh, yeah, you climb this mountain. I believe it's called Mount Brave. And you get to the top, and you can just running leap of faith right off this thing. And you'll get a text prompt that says, um, you know, uh, much like when you jump into water, uh, the change of environment is forced evolution upon you or something like that. And you grow wings and you start flying. You're a pterodactyl man. So that completely changes how you can play this game because now you can just fly over enemies. You know, you can skip a lot of stages completely. Uh, and it opens up, you know, new boxes that you can evolve into and stuff. Really, really cool. Um, this is definitely something you're going to want to do. I mean, you can continue playing as a dinosaur all the way through the game if you want to. Um, I don't recommend it. Dinosaurs are going to have a tremendously hard time in the Ice Age level, which is the next level. But you that's, that's something you can do. Anyway, you play through this game, you get to the end, and it's not so much a boss as it is um, just like all these really strong enemies attacking you. And in the background, I think you see like a volcano erupting or something like that. I, I can't quite remember, but there's some shit going on. And this is more, you know, it doesn't say it is, but this is more of a time trial, like stay alive kind of thing. If you stay alive long enough, a meteor shower will happen wiping out the dinosaurs, which is, you know, one theory of how the dinos became extinct, you know, um, I think I think we've more or less proven it's that one side of impact, but uh, with the giant meteor. So yeah, but anyway, neither here nor there. Um, pretty pretty cool that they'd add that in, and they all run off. And then at the beginning of the next stage, you're greeted by this ghost of a Triceratops that um, asks you if you want to, you know, if you're a dinosaur, if you want to continue as a dinosaur, or if you're a bird, if you want to continue as a bird, or bird-like, whatever. Um, or would you like to change to a mammal? Now, at this point, if you decide to change to a mammal, this is how you can evolve into being a uh, human later on in the game. Which is really cool. Human is uh, one of the strongest things you can evolve into. And it has, you know, several evolutions that you go through. But, um, you know, uh, you can just stay as a bird, whatever. Um, I did forget to mention, Jesus, that uh, at the end of the dinosaur stage, uh, much like Dragon Warrior, which is just apt as hell because this this is an enix game and in fact all the music you'll notice as uh you know i'll play some of it through the episode but if you played especially the original dragon warrior a lot of the music sounds eerily like dragon warrior that's because it's the exact same composer um when you level up the fanfare that you get is almost identical to that in the original dragon warrior and, and subsequent dragon warriors i think they pretty much reuse that uh that same fanfare throughout 
But anyway, uh, they will, much like in the original Dragon Warrior game, uh, offer for you to join them rather than fight. And you can say, yeah, and you get a little ending, um, but then it'll kick you out and you'll have to just, you know, it's like, no, that's not what you're supposed to do. And you go the right way, do the right thing. And this is something that happens uh, later on with these birdmen as well. So, again, you can be like, yeah, I'll join you, and then it'll just kick you out. No, that's not what you're supposed to do kind of thing. So, pretty cool stuff. The next level you go to is the Ice Age, um, which, you know, occurs after the meteor hits Earth or whatever. Um, it kind of sucks if you're a dinosaur, because Ice Age, slippery, it's kind of shit. Um, not the greatest if you're a mammal either, really, but whatever. Uh, I believe I said you get kick earlier, but I think this is where you get kick. I think you don't get that ability until you become a mammal. You can evolve if you're a mammal. It's one of the cooler, actually. You can evolve it into a horse or, like, a cat or, like, you know, mammal. A monkey, rabbit, uh, these type of things. And uh, you get a clue at some point that if, uh, you know, someone says, you know, uh, I heard there was these, uh, these animals that use tools that had a rabbit's body and a cat's head or something like that. So that's where you get the clue to like evolve into that area. And then uh, you unlock monkey and I think you choose monkey body. And um, then you can evolve, 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 evolve. It'll, it'll give you an option that'll just say continue evolving. And you can just keep evolving, evolving, evolving. And then you'll eventually become a human wielding an axe. Before that, I think you rolled a bone, and before that, it's like a club, or I don't remember. Or maybe it's a club, bone, shit, I don't know. But anyway, uh, with an axe, you do pretty good damage, like 25, which is pretty damn good in the game. And you have like 80 HP, which is pretty damn good. And uh, yeah, uh, human's a pretty good character to uh, play as. I prefer the birds. Just stick as a bird because they can fly over a lot of bullshit. Enemies and stuff... Uh, just the ability to fly is so cool. Um, why not stay as a bird? Whatever. At the end of the stage, you fight uh, these yetis, and you know it's a bullshit fight. I'm I'm not gonna you know lie. Uh, you kill this poor yeti's uh, parents, this little baby yeti. I think you fight the dad first, and he's like, "Daddy, daddy!" And then you fight the mom. He's like, "Mommy, mommy!" And, you know, that comes back on you later on, like millennia's in the future, where he uh, remembers you somehow through the generations and just hates you on sight, even though you're likely not even the same evolved creature. They somehow know it's you or whatever. Whatever, man. And like I said, the story on this game, not so great. This fight is not so great either, but if you can cheese your way through it, you'll get to the end game. Um, you know, there's not really a lot more to say. There's a a really cool instance in the Ice Age where you will find, uh, I think it's the Ice Age, yeah, where you'll find, um, like this cave where there's some, like, insects and dinosaurs, uh, still, like, tentatively hanging on to life and they beg you not to kill them, you know, they're like, please, you know, we're already having a hard time in the new world because we haven't evolved to adapt to the new, you know, environment. Please don't kill us. And you don't get anything either way for not killing them or killing them. And since they are, you know, pretty easy prey, go ahead and kill these guys or whatever. Um, who cares? But it's, it's just kind of a neat note that they're much like the Zelacamp or some other, you know, prehistoric uh, critters that are still kind of around. Um, 
without having have to evolve uh you know that they're in this game as well that there's the idea that you know not everything moves on some things just stay the same for whatever reason as long as they possibly can and in so doing they actually die out you know so yeah you know neat um but anyway this you get to the end of the game and uh i want to say it's cool but it's really not all that cool. You, you get to this cave and it's being protected by this human. And he has like a, not really a kill, but like a one shot where he can swing a club, hit you and knock you back to the world map. And then you have to go back to him to be able to fight him again. You know, and it's just annoying. But if you can cheese your way past him, you know, you, a good way is to like lock him up against something and just keep kicking him if you have a mammal, you know. Um... Anyway, you you beat the guy and he tells you, you know, there's this alien Beeble Box or whatever the hell his name is that's been real nice to him and been helping him to evolve into a, a, a nicer form or whatever. And you can go in and now you can face down Beeble Box. And um, I have not much to say here, you know. He's this big thing, alien thing, that shoots out different crystals at you. And each crystal evolves into something previous in the game that was uh, like a smaller enemy. Like one of them is like the jellyfish from the very beginning, except now it's massive and it's, it's got all these moves that, you know, the little jellyfish didn't have. And so on and so forth. And I can't remember how many you fight of these things, six or eight or something. And a couple of them are uh, not detrimental. They're not enemies at all. One of them will pop up and it's this little guy and he uh, runs away without fighting you at all and another one is just like uh, a power up like meat or whatever and uh, they're random so you can get the meat and the little guy at the very beginning or you can get them you know halfway through or whatever so if you get lucky enough to get the meat in the middle somewhere that that'll help you out some or whatever but um it's a tough fight you know i've got to save on my uh cart my actual physical cart that's at the end of the game and uh i i tried to beat him and i couldn't do it uh, i have in the past when i was a kid but either my skill has uh regressed or i am just not as patient more likely as as i was when i was a kid but i do remember you know you beat him and then gay is like oh you know now you can be my partner and uh i guess you go and have sex with Mother Earth or whatever. So, the end. Uh, I want to say it alludes to a sequel um, that never manifested. Largely due, I would think, to the poor sales of this game. This was not a popular game when it came out, necessarily. Like, in circles it was. You know, I played this game a lot as a kid. And um, I loved it. This is a game I would play over and over and over and over and over. You know, this was a game I rented enough times to probably buy it twice over as a kid. And, uh, yeah, like I said, I had some, uh, some friends of mine that uh, weren't too keen on evolution. I went to a church that uh, was very adamant in its stance that evolution was fake. You know, we didn't come from monkeys. Uh, there was no such thing as dinosaurs kind of thing. It's thinking... The thought process, I guess, is that all the bones that have been found are some kind of propaganda to make us believe the lie of evolution. I mean, come on, people. I, I just, I used to get into it with these kids. Uh, 
you know, even as far as to research on my own time, you're talking about a 13 year old kid going to the library to read about instances of evolution, not just like the the birds that Darwin found on the Galapagos Islands that, you know, had the different beaks depending on their environment and stuff. But more recent entries, like um, there's a famous story of uh, during uh, Hiroshima, Hiroshima, however you want to pronounce it, you know, after the bombing, uh, cities for miles and miles around were covered in this, you know, ash. Everything was just covered in black ash. And there was this, uh, this bug. I believe it was a moth, right? And it was a white moth that would, during the day, land on these, uh, like, birch trees that had this papery bark, you know. And it would hide itself uh, in this manner, you know, be camouflaged because it was white itself against the white and basically, <coughs> excuse me, looked, uh, you know, basically invisible to anything that was looking for it unless you were really scrutinizing these trees. So, after the bomb dropped in Hiroshima, now keep in mind, uh, insects evolve at a much faster rate than we do because their generations are much shorter. You know, a bug's lifespan is anywhere from, you know, like the sand gnat is like 24 hours or whatever, and a moth is, what, maybe a few weeks or something, you know, I'm, I don't know, I'm not a biologist, but, um, much shorter lifespans equals much faster evolutionary rate. So all these trees are covered in ash for a period of months. You know, it's not the first thing that you go to clean when you're trying to rebuild cities after an atomic bomb drops. So these birch trees were just, you know, forest or whatever, wherever it was, was just black during this time period. And you probably already guessed this particular moth in that time frame evolved to be not white but black and it was hiding still on the trees but now a different color to fit in and then once you know enough time had passed and enough rains or whatever it was necessary to get all this black off these trees it went back to being white you know this is one of many many instances of you know proven evolution but it's one that i really enjoy to you know Tell, tell someone that tries to say, you know, it's just a theory or whatever. So anyway, I'm sorry again to go on a tirade. I just, I really, really can't understand. Like I try and keep an open mind towards anything. You know, if you give me definitive proof of God, I, I'm there. I'll be like, well, geez, I guess I was wrong. You know, to me, there hasn't been any. Um, there is definitely definitive proof of evolution. What are you people talking about? Why are you belittling me in seeking actual truth? You know, so it was a very hot topic for me as a kid, and it probably didn't um, didn't help at all in my decision later on, a few years later when I left the church. You know, uh, it, it was it was probably a major part of that. You know, I've never really thought of it before. But, um, yeah, the idea that evolution and then, you know, just so many other just silly ass things, you know, uh, the earth is 6,000 years old and yada, 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 you know, and, and of course, every time something is just that ludicrous, ludicrously wrong, uh, the church eventually will change its stance on it, you know, more recent ideas about, uh, gays and, uh, safe sex, you know, prophylactics and stuff. I mean, every time throughout history something becomes widely accepted that the church has a just a, like a stance against 
for some reason, you know, after a while, they're like, oh, look at our numbers diminishing. We better rewrite this stuff. So, you know, anyway, I'm sorry to get, again, I'm getting way too heavy on a freaking games podcast. It's just, this is a hot button topic with me. And, uh, I really, really, really try not to get into it with friends. You know, to this day, some of my best friends are Christians. Some of them are Muslims. Some of them are Jewish. You know, I, I don't care. I, I don't care what it is you believe in. I'm not, and I don't push any of, I try real, just real hard not to push any of my ideas off onto anyone else. And I ask that those people just do me the same courtesy. You know, it's like, I think it's great that you believe in Jesus or whatever, you know, whatever God that you particularly believe in. That's great, man. You know, just don't, don't come to me and try and tell me this or that because you're, you're barking up the wrong tree. Anyway, is this game worth it? Um, you know what? I, I failed to even look this game up. I've had this one in my collection for I don't know, 10, 15 years now. Even when I got it, it was worth like a hundred bucks or something. This is a pretty rare and sought after title. This is definitely a game I feel like you need to play, especially if you like uh, action role-playing games of any kind. You know, like if you're a big Zelda fan, uh, this is in the same vein a little bit, not not quite, but it's, it's close in some regards. Uh, this is something that you should play, man. This is a great game. It's easily emulatable. It's Super Nintendo, so, you know, don't spend whatever the price tag of this game currently is, which I think it's right around $250 for a freaking loose copy, you know. If not, it's right at $200 or something. That is just bonkers, you know. There, there are games in the past that I've said, you know, if you're, if you're a Super Nintendo or you're a Sega CD collector or whatever, this is the reason to own the system. This isn't one of those games. It's a great game. It has many, many faults, mostly the stomaching bullshit and the lack of story, etc. But it's still a great game. It's a million trillion dollar idea. The idea of evolving into, you know, different forms as a means of uh, experience. Like in a normal game, you know, you learn new stuff to, and you become better somehow, you know, stronger, more HP, more MP, whatever. In this game, you evolve throughout the millennia. And it's just like, Oh man, that is so cool, you know. If they can make this game but more more customizable, you know, be able to evolve into uh animals and stuff that never existed, which you kind of can. I mean, you can evolve into like some weird-looking stuff, but I mean like really weird stuff like anthropomorphic humans, you know. I want a I want a big humanoid guy with a a dinosaur head or, you know, uh I don't even know, like a fish with big wings that is uh, amphibious and, and can take to the air. And no, I'm not talking about just like a flying fish because, you know, they don't actually fly much like the flying squirrel. But um, just weird, you know, stuff that you wouldn't even think of. I don't, I don't know, just it'd be really cool or, or even into different forms that, that currently don't exist. Maybe that you could uh, form into something that was, uh, gosh, I don't know, intangible or uh, like made of gas or something, you know, somehow a sentient uh, living gas creature or a liquid creature or something. I, I don't know. It'd just be really neat if they really, really went in depth on it, which they have the ability to now, but obviously they couldn't have got into that stuff back then. Still though, really cool game. Not worth 200 plus dollars. Um, but I really like, again, if you're, if you're a role-playing game fan, which I think you are because you're listening to this podcast, 
you should play this if you haven't. Um, at least play through the first, maybe second level. It will grab you. Like, you'll realize right off the bat it's not a good game, but somehow it is a good game. I, it, it's weird. So that's my take on that. Now, I do want to get into... Um, I've been getting a lot of emails from people, and I haven't... You know, I've been responding to them. Gosh, excuse me again, allergies. Um, I've been responding to them and whatnot, but you guys keep sending me suggestions for games, a bunch of them, and I could go through and like read like all the different suggestions. I appreciate big time like any feedback. I I love when you guys send suggestions. Keep doing that. Um, the premise of my show is you know games I already own kind of thing. Uh, I still own you know on the shelves back here, hundreds of games that would be appropriate level dollar range for this show. And sometimes you suggest, you guys will suggest one I have, and a lot of times, unfortunately, you suggest ones I don't. So I might have to start emulating them, but I just wanted to uh, say a few of the ones that I'm going to try and get to because uh, they were suggested either by multiple people or it's one that I was like, oh yeah, I haven't played that in a while. Or it's one that like, oh man, that's been at the top of my list for freaking ever. And uh, I apologize if I don't remember exactly who said each one, but um, I know number one for sure, uh, Dragon Force for the Sega Saturn has been mentioned by several of you. And if you're listening and I, you know, I don't remember who all, I, I remember James, our good buddy James, definitely mentioned this one. Uh, there's another gentleman that I was in correspondence with for a brief period. I know for sure mentioned it. And I think one other guy. So this must be like a really beloved game. I've never played it. I don't own it, but it is shot to the top of my list of, I need to get this. And I'm trying to convince my wife to let me spend the hundred, $120 to be able to get this game. But that's kind of a tough sell right now. You know, I'm not rolling in the deep, you know, I, I make pretty good money, but I didn't really take into account just how much a child would cost when, you know, my wife and I decided to have a kid. We also uh, upgraded the house. I, I used to, you know, drive a truck and had a motorcycle. I had to uh, sell that off because inappropriate for a kid um, and get, I, I drive like a Lexus now. I know it sounds like I'm Mr. Rich Guy or whatever, and I'm paying that off. And, you know, before I had like this tremendous expendable income, where I was buying, you know, sometimes 10, 15 games a week, and that's how I've amassed this ridiculous-ass collection, for a lot of it, that, and time, and just, well, you heard the collecting episode, I'm sure, um, just, like, little tricks to be able to get games and stuff, and yeah, I've got, you know, 3,000-plus games, but now I might buy one or two, like, bargain-basement-type games a month, if I'm lucky, so it's gonna be tough for me to find Dragon Force, but... I'm going to do it, and I'm going to do the show with Mr. James, a super fan, James Moholland, uh, long-time fan of the show, writes in all the time, great guy, uh, was in some correspondence with him, he sent me a message, he said, is it crazy if I want to put my name into the hat of maybe being on a podcast? I said, no way, dude, you know, this is, I'm just a guy, you know, I'm, no, I'm nothing, I'm just some dude that, like, responded to Derek and Dawn and was like, uh, hey, you know, I'll, I'll talk about video games for a little while, you know, and it's been great, it's been really rewarding, I, I, I love doing it, and James is another just great guy that wants to talk about some video games, and said, yeah, all you really need is a microphone, so he went out and picked up a microphone, and I'm not sure when the episode is going to drop, 
it'll definitely be within the next year. Um, James, I know you're listening. Uh, we'll be in correspondence. He and I will uh, do a show together about Dragon Force. So all of you that suggested that, uh, that is coming. I more recently, uh, I think a month ago, uh, received an email from a gentleman that was asking me about the seventh saga for the Super Nintendo. Now that is a freaking great game. It's long as fuck. Uh, it's one of those RPGs where you really gotta be a bachelor or a teenager with, you know, an endless summer to be able to play through it. And that's how I've done it in the past. When I was a kid, I played it over the course of a summer and literally pr- played it all summer, you know. Anyway. I don't know if I have enough time to be able to play through it now. Um, of course, a lot of these RPGs, I won't play through the whole thing, or at least discuss the whole playthrough, because I like to leave some of the story up. You know, it's like if you decide, hey, this sounds like a cool game, I don't want to like spoil everything for you guys. But I really feel I can take me at least 30 hours to really get into the Seventh Saga. That being said, I really do want to do it, so, um, gosh, and I can't remember your name, I want to say it's Mike, ah, I, I wish I had my emails up right now, I'm sorry, I'm a lazy bastard, um, I will try and do that in the future as well, just because I do love the Seventh Saga, it does, it does need to be played through again, <coughs> um, let's see, who else, god, I can't remember all of them, I, I remember, uh, my good friend, new friend, uh, Gosh, and uh, Bjorn, I think is how you would pronounce it. He's uh, been in correspondence with me quite a bit recently. He suggested quite a few games, one of which is Azor Dreams. Um, he said he found one on eBay recently for 50 or 60 bucks. That's a little more reasonable than, you know, 100, 150, whatever. I might be able to come up with that. If not, that's another one that possibly I'll uh, emulate. I don't know. It's been at the top of my I want this in my collection list for a long time. I'm an avid PS1 collector. I have maybe, I don't know, three, four hundred PS1 games, something like that. And, and uh, the RPGs, like, I virtually have every RPG for that system. Uh, this side of Azure Dreams and, like, Grand Scream Saga is another one that I just never picked up. Uh, and I don't know why, you know. But, uh, yeah, I, I do want to play that. He also mentioned The Guardian Legend, which... Uh, this isn't, it doesn't warrant an entire podcast, I don't think. Um, there's a, a podcast that I really enjoy that I might reach out to and see if we can do some collaborative work in the future, I don't know, um, called Retrovaniacs. Uh, they do a podcast every other week or so. They did a really in-depth review of The Guardian Legend just a few weeks ago. So if you're listening, Bijorn, um you can uh, check them out and listen to that. It could be part of a compilation of just like underrated gems or something that I may do in the future. It is a great, great game. Um, gosh, what else got? Man, I'm trying to do this off the top of my head. I really just need to open this computer over here, but it'd take me five minutes. I'm just trying to get this done. Um, anyway, uh, definitely make more suggestions right in. I, I do want to hear like, what it is you want me to play. Uh, I know James also mentioned Albert Odyssey. That's another one that's literally I have a sheet of paper with top games I'm looking for. And number one right now is Dragon Force. Number two I've written in as Albert Odyssey. Um, Azure Dreams is now on there. Um, 
Oh, geez, I can't remember the half of them. Another episode, uh, just to like, I, I'm really, really bad about telling you guys what I'm doing. Um, another episode that's coming up, and again, I don't know when. I've got a real life, I, I guess you would say friend, we're more acquaintances, but uh, we got into kind of a debate on a separate forum regarding Magic the Gathering, but it came up, you know, what are the best RPGs of all time? And we both really, really, really enjoyed Final Fantasy IX. And he has played through it evidently so many times that he can uh, more or less tell you everything about it from the top of his head. It's been a number of years since I've played it. I did pop it in and play the first hour or so to kind of refresh some of my memory. I don't know how much I'm going to actually get to play because, you know, I'm working 60-hour weeks. I got a kid. It's, it's tough for me. But um, we're going to get together in real life, so I'll have someone in my game room on another microphone, and uh, sometime in the next you know, six months or so, I don't know exactly when this is going to happen either, uh, we're going to do an episode on Final Fantasy IX. Now, you may be saying to yourself, now, that's not really a game that's worth any huge amount of money, and you're right, it's not, but it's a great fucking game. And I, you know, At this point, it's like, yeah, my show has this premise where I talk about rare and valuable games, but every now and then I'll just talk about anything, man. So when you do send these suggestions in, it doesn't necessarily have to be something that's going to break my wallet to try and get. It can just be like, hey, Blaine, you know, I really, really love, I, I don't know, off the top of my head, you know, this game, whatever, that game. Um, and no one ever talks about it. Can you give me 30 minutes to an hour on this game? And you'd be surprised, you know, I get these suggestions and I, I really do if I... Especially if I get them from multiple people, that's really when I start going, okay, yeah, I better do this. Because I do this show for you guys as much as I do it for me, probably way more. Um, you know, I, I love hearing from you, and if that's what you want, that's what I'll do. I'm your puppet. So, thanks for listening, guys. Um, sorry I kind of went on ramblings about uh, religion and such. I, I really hope I didn't offend anyone. It's, you know, I have my views, you have yours. Um, I hope I didn't lose any listeners over the fact that, you know, Blaine J doesn't believe in a creator. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll see you next time.